Good evening, good evening, good evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We are so glad to be back on another episode of For Such a Time as This, our weekly podcast. We thank God for being so gracious and grateful for us, to us. We thank God that he's allowed us to see another day, a day that wasn't promised, but a day that he has given us. And for that, we are truly grateful. Again, we're so happy to be back with you all. Um, We have tonight, Reverend John Mason, I myself, I'm again, Reverend G. Lewis Tillman, and our brother, Brother Sam Miller, he is working, work calls, and the Bible says if a man don't work, he don't eat. So Brother Sam is, he is at work on this evening. We have been dealing with um, a series entitled The Christian Life. Um, this is our third part of this episode, and we'll um, end up tonight with it. Uh, tonight, we just want to put a put an extra stamp on it and go ahead on and close out this series, and then we'll seek to see what God has to say to us on the next series. So we're going to ask Reverend Mason, if you will, to lead us in prayer, and then we'll seek to see what God has to say through his word. Reverend Mason. Father, we're coming for you right now in the name of Jesus, just thanking you first of all for another day. Uh, Thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you, Father, for uh, another opportunity to represent you, Father. Lord, we can't find or don't know any other way or better way to represent you by expounding on your word, Father. Lord, we know that your word, Father, has life in it. And Lord, that's what we're seeking for today is that eternal life. So, Father, we ask that you just give us knowledge, wisdom, understanding of what we are going to teach it on tonight, Father, and that our main goal is that to know you and to make you known to others. So, Father, help us to do that tonight. It helps us to simplify your word enough, Father, to where a little child can understand it. So, Father, give us that, that wisdom, that knowledge, that understanding, and uh, illuminate us tonight by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Cause us to see and understand your truth, Father. And we pray that someone, Lord, may hear what we have to say tonight uh, by you speaking through us, Father, and that they might accept Jesus Christ as Savior in their lives. So, Father, we thank you for it right now. We believe that you're going to do that. And we are just going to rejoice and praise your name in advance before you do it, because we believe it's already done. Yes, we believe it's your will, Father. 
Yes, God. So, Father, we thank you for it right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, things in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen again. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Reverend Mason, for leading us in prayer. Again, we have been looking at the Christian life. The Christian life. Um, a couple of weeks ago when we opened up this series, we started off by talking about salvation. Um, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we talked about becoming born again, becoming a new convert, a new creation in Christ. And we talked about how there are people that don't live the Christian life, that like to speak on the Christian life because they're on the outside looking in. We talked about how they say that Christians are a bunch of hypocrites because we don't do what we know we're supposed to do. Hmm. We don't do what the Bible tells us to do. And so I'm probably going to say this until I die. I'm in my right mind. But for someone to call us a hypocrite, because they say we don't do what we know we should be doing, what the Bible tells us to do. To me, that makes them a bigger hypocrite than what you call them Christians who don't do everything right. I posted something, Mason, in my story. I can't even recall it, but it's on my story and it's on TikTok. It had to do with us not being perfect as Christians. Uh, had to do with it. us still being, as you say, under construction. Yes, sir. And folk don't understand that even though we've been born again, we're still under construction. This is what I posted. It said, being a Christian doesn't mean I'm perfect. It means I'm being perfect. Mm -hmm. Hashtag still growing in grace. So for anybody that thinks a Christian is supposed to be perfect from the world standard, you don't understand uh, the Christian life. Right. Now, there is a level of Christianity, I mean, of perfection that we should be in according to the Bible. Because the Bible says that Job was a man that was perfect and upright. The Bible says in Psalm, mark the perfect man. God says, be ye perfect for I am perfect. And God wouldn't tell us to do something that we can't do. 
because he gives us the power to do all things through him. Ain't it amazing? And I think it's Dr. Charles Stanley. We got these pickers and choosers. They, they pick verses that meet their need when they need a word to meet their need. Right. Uh, you know, they say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Well, if that's the case, you can be perfect through Christ that strengthens you from the Bible's perspective, not from the world's perspective. Somebody may be saying, well, preacher, tell me, what are you trying to say? I can be perfect. The word perfect, it, it means mature, right. complete. So we can be, and we should be, especially if we've been walking in this thing for any time. Mm -hmm. We should be growing up in Christ. So last week we moved from salvation and growing in Christ to growing in Christ, which is called sanctification. Sanctification is to be set apart, to be set aside for the use of God. Sanctification is pulling off the old and basically putting on Jesus. Sanctification is that process of denying oneself. And I think I use the example like you would get up and take a jog, go jog five miles in the morning, and you jog back home five miles, and the sweatsuit or the clothes that you had during your jog, you take them off, you get in the shower and get cleaned up. When you get out the shower, you don't put the same dirty clothes back on. And as Christians, whatever God has delivered us from and saved us from, we shouldn't keep putting the same dirty clothes back on. So sanctification is that process of trying to become more and more like Jesus Christ. And you hear people say it to be like Jesus. It's all I want to be. To be like Jesus would mean so much to me. And so on tonight, we want to move from the salvation and the sanctification to what we need to be doing as Christians now. And so our lesson tonight here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16, and we won't hit all of it, but there are some areas we need to pick out of here, helps us know how we should be, what we should be doing as Christians. You have anything you want to add, sir, before we move? No, nah, just, uh, you know, last week hitting on those two uh, things that God has has uh, given us, the salvation and the sanctification mm -hmm. uh, sort of leads, uh, leads us into what we're going to be studying in the night. Right. And when you realize how important those two are, salvation and sanctification, it it should motivate us, inspire us to uh, 
want to do uh, for Christ. Because when you look at the sacrifice that he made and what he done for us mm -hmm. uh, and what it cost him, um, even though salvation is free right. for us, us. But salvation had to be paid for by him um, and we said it before you know uh, he paid a debt that he did not owe because we owed a debt that we could not pay and so uh, when you think about it when somebody pays your debt like that um, when they pay your debt like that um and such a uh, uh, a valuable debt that it was right you always won't feel like or feel like that you owe that person something you know if somebody was to save your life right now you would ever forever be in debt to that person uh that saved your life no matter whether it was from a uh, house that was on fire or somebody saved you from being hit by a car or or whatever the case may be, you feel like you 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 owe something in return to that person. Uh, and so when you look at Christ, you look at what he done for us and he gave us eternal life. There's nothing greater than eternal life uh, that we can ever uh, obtain. And he's made it possible for us to obtain that. And so you, you should feel in your heart that whatever I have to do at any cost, at any expense, I'm willing to do it because of the sacrifice that Christ made for me. And he did make a sacrifice. He made the ultimate sacrifice. And I am so glad that he did it, Grace. Yes, sir. I'm so glad that he made that sacrifice for us. Uh, had he not did, as you just said, paid a debt that he didn't owe, because I owed a debt I couldn't pay, mm -hmm. I don't know where I'd be right now. Right. And I'm so grateful that he loved us that much. Yeah. I mean, all he endured, and if you really ever take time and study what he went to mm -hmm. before he got to the cross. Right. I'm not talking about at the cross. I'm talking about before, before he right. got to the cross. Man. And he didn't have to. Mm -hmm. he, he didn't have to that, that some said he went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me that's love it's true he loved us and what would the world be like if just Christians and I'm not talking about the world but if just everybody that identifies as a Christian would love like Jesus did it's true Man, that'd be that'd be a wonderful thing. It would. If we love people in spite of people. Right. People say, well, it ain't easy for me to love them. 
Well, here's some news flash. Here's some breaking news. It ain't easy for God to always love you and love me, but he do. <laughs> what what makes us think we any better than people? But what makes us think we're so good? But if the world or if the Christians would just love like Jesus, right, man, it'd be a wonderful thing. Um, but tonight we want to look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 4, 16. And we know, we know, we know Matthew chapter 5 was dealing with the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after the righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. My God, watch this, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And then he tells us this right here. Look what he said. He's now as Christians. Peter tells us we're a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. Hmm. But look what Jesus tells us right here. He said, you are the salt of the earth. Now, having high blood pressure, I don't deal with a lot of salt anymore. Right. But salt has a purpose. It's true. Salt has salt adds flavor mm-hmm. to food. Back in the days, salt they didn't have refrigerators. Right. They didn't have deep freezers. Mm-hmm. So how did they keep their meats? They used salt to preserve their meat. Salt was so valuable that some Roman soldiers were paid in salt. But you get that phrase from your worth your weight in salt. It's true. He tells us we're the salt of the earth. So that means we have a job to do. We, we, we got work to do. So when you look at salt being an additive, that means there's something that the Christian needs to add to this world. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to feel like I feel like preaching, boy. <laughs> I got to control myself. <laughs> Salt's an additive. Salt adds flavor. Mm-hmm. Mm. Salt adds flavor. So Christians ought to be adding something to this world. Right. Christians ought to be helping people 
get better than they are, feel better. Well, I agree. I agree 100%. You know, as you you stated, you know, back in those days, uh, salt was uh, basically used as a a preservative. Uh, And, you know, back then we didn't have what they have today, vacuum seal packaging, and like you say, uh, didn't have refrigeration. Um, whenever they would uh, butcher meat, uh, they had to find a way how to preserve it. Uh, so they ate whatever they were were able to eat. But then if there was some left over, they had to find a way uh, how they had to uh, salt it. And they would rub salt on the meat. Uh, and what that done, that killed uh, bacteria. And it had like a preserving effect. Um, it kept the meat from from rotting or, or pure, what we call petrifying. And, and, and that was a good thing, um, especially when they didn't have all of the... Uh, uh, things that we have today to uh, keep the uh, keep things fresh. They they didn't have none of that. Right. Uh, so and as you stated, you know, Jesus is saying to the disciples uh, that you are uh, supposed to be that preserving influence. Okay. Uh, in a world that you know where we live in at right now, uh, that we as being that that salt, we're supposed to be that preserving uh, influence that people are looking at. Um, and he said, we, we, we're the salt of the earth. You know, you, you think about uh, when you have a sort of preserving influence in society, uh, whenever, whenever there's a strong uh, I guess Christian emphasis uh, and a uh, and a strong Christian voice. Uh, you will see, and as you have seen in the past, that uh, a strong Christian voice and a, a strong influence in the community or in society. Uh, you'll see it being preserved and and basically maintained. Uh, but whenever the Christian voice begins to sort of quiet down, you can see the difference in the influence there. Can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. Why does the Christian voice quiet down? Why Why is it that we get quiet when we should be getting louder? Right. Well, as we talk about us being the salt uh, of the earth, to where we are supposed to have the influence on the earth. What's happened is that we've gotten too much of the earth and the earth has become the salt and we've become the earth. So the earth now has the same influence on us that we're supposed to have on it. And so if you look at it, 
a lot of people what they're doing instead of doing what God has called us to do in order to be that influence. Uh, we've become part of the earth. And so our influence is not strong enough. Our influence is, is, is not being, um, I guess you could say, is not having the influ influential power or influential effect that we could have. And so now it's almost like a reverse. We're having, the earth is having more of an influence and effect on us than we are on it. Well, people might argue with that and say, well, you know, I, I think we, we're doing great work. You know, we, we've got these programs going on and, and we're, we're, we're doing things, you know, uh, uh, in the neighborhoods neighborhoods and in the communities and all yeah but are you having that salty effect that god says we're supposed to have in society that's what you had to ask yourself are we preserving are we maintaining uh a society that's basically has become rotten in the way that they conduct their lives and the way their lifestyles are they've become rotten now where they are probably deteriorating or should I take the probably back they are deteriorating and what we need is some salt to preserve what's actually happening right now hmm. so the roles being reversed roles have been reversed so the salt that should be doing the salting is letting the world trample over the salt that we have. It's true. I think one thing also is instead of sprinkling salt, mm -hmm. sometimes we pour salt. Right. Pour too much salt on some food, you throw it away. It's true. And I think when it comes to sharing the word that some people don't know how to sprinkle, they want to pour, mm -hmm. which gives the world a bad taste. Preacher, what are you talking about? Well, it's not our job to force the word on anybody. True. We forget that the word says that one plants, one waters, but it's God that gives the increase. True. So not only have the roles been reversed, oh gosh, it's something that hit me too. <laughs> Sometimes we don't some people are too salty. They, they just overdo it. And I know there's this, 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 sometimes when you get saved, you're just happy. Right. And you want everybody else to have what you've gotten now, what you've acquired, what you've come into, this new life, this, this, this Jesus, you want to share it with the world right now. But you have to remember, there was a time when people was trying to share the word with you. That's true. And you didn't accept it. And they had the exuberance, the excitement that you now have. And you rejected people. You rejected them now like people reject you. Right. So you got to learn how to see, to easily, you just got to tell them the truth. Don't overdo it. Don't be overbearing. That's true. 
don't 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 just pour the whole bottle or the sprinkle some salt. Mm-hmm. Sometimes sprinkling salt is just saying Jesus loves you. Right. Sometimes sprinkling salt is just saying Jesus died for your sins. It's true. Sometimes sprinkling salt is saying he will supply your need. It's just giving them a little bit of something, but you're giving them Jesus. Now, you, anytime you give somebody a little bit of Jesus, you're giving them all of Jesus. Right. But you're not being overbearing with it. Yeah. And that's one of the problems is some people are so pushy mm-hmm. that they try to make people get saved. They, they try to make them take it right there. It's not our job. That's true. Once you've done what, and see, this is where being sensitive to the spirit of God comes in too. Mm-hmm. Because the Holy Spirit will tell you when to step back after you've right. said what you need to say. He, he would let you know. Okay. That's true. That's true. Because like I said, when plants, when water, mm-hmm. you don't know whether you plant it or you don't know whether you water it. Right. But ultimately, God will give the increase. Exactly. So for those who have allowed the world to do what the Christian is doing, there needs to be an honest conversation with self. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that a lot of Christians don't do is be honest with themselves. They won't just say, okay, I'm not where I think I am. Uh-uh. Paul said, brethren, I count not myself to have already apprehended. But there's True. one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me. Now, you talk to a lot of Christians, they would use what Paul said as an excuse. Well, I ain't there yet. That, that, that's what they want to say about everything. I ain't there yet. I ain't there yet. I ain't there yet. Well, there's some stuff you should be at by now. Yeah. Paul said, I wanted to feed y'all with meat, but I had to keep giving you milk because you're still carnal. Mm-hmm. It's time for some Christians to get off the milk and get on the meat. It's true. It's time for some Christians to get in that by now stage. By now, you should be further than you are. By now, God should be using you to teach and encourage and somebody having to always teach and encourage you. Right. Yeah, sometimes all of us need to be encouraged. All of us need somebody to teach us something. But by now, if you've been walking with the Lord for any time, you should be further along than you are. It's true. You have, you have been classified as the salt of the earth. And and watch this. The world didn't say it. The preacher didn't say it. The bishop, the apostle, the evangelist, the elder, none of them said it. Jesus called us the salt of the earth. Right. And I am what the Lord says I am. So if I'm the salt of the earth, then I've got a job to do. Because when you look at this earth right now, when you look at this world right now, this world is in trouble. Oh, I agree. This world is is in a bad place. This world is is messed up. 
This world needs Jesus more than ever. I mean, this world needs Jesus. This this world has got to have, it's got to know that there is more to this world than what we see right now. And you know what Christians aren't doing? Christians then did like most, they didn't close up their salt and put it in the cat. Yeah. It's true. And then put the, the salt to the side and decided to join the world. You got Christians in the club. You got Christians doing what they want to do. Mm-hmm. You got Christians having affairs. Christians committing adultery. Christians addicted to drugs, alcohol, other things. They didn't put their salt up. They just close it up, put it up. And Jesus speaks about that here. Right. And 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 that's that's it. See, we we when we live like that, what we're doing is letting people see uh, that there's no difference in us as Christians, you know, uh, because we're living the exact same way that they do. Um, remember back in the day when uh, when you would sit down at the dinner table, uh, if 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 mom forgot to put something like salt in, in, in a certain food that we were eating, uh, she wouldn't go back. And as you stated before about different between sprinkling salt and pouring salt, she wouldn't go back and then take a whole bottle of salt and then pour it in, down in the food for you to eat because you wouldn't eat it. Uh, more than likely you, you know, push the plate away from you because it's too salty. It's not going to draw you uh, to eat the, the dinner. But if she sprinkled just enough salt, that's it. It would get your attention and you would sit down and enjoy your meal. You would eat it. We as Christians are supposed to be that same way. If we give them too much salt, they're going to push us away and reject us. But if you give them just a little bit, they'll be able to see or taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> but we have to know exactly how, because he's already stated that we are the salt of the earth. So you don't have to worry about whether or not your influence is gonna, going to be uh, influential to people. They're going to automatically draw to you. See, he, he's already set this thing up to where uh, we, we need to understand that everything has been fixed for us. And he just tells us, just, just do what I tell you to do, and you'll see the results. But we've gotten to the place to where we've decided that we want to do our own thing. And when you do your own thing and you don't do what he calls us to do, what's happening now is that we're not having the effect that salt is supposed to have. Um, I remember listening to, I think it was uh, Dr. Tony Evans talked about one of the things that salt does is uh, he gave an example. He said, now, 
anybody that's ever been in a bar before uh, don't understand the mentality of the bartender when he goes in, when you go in there. When you go in there and you sit at a bar and you sit around the table, one thing you always notice is that there's these little bowls there with peanuts in it. And so as you're sitting there and watching TV or either talking to the bartender and you see those peanuts in front of you, you reach there and grab the peanuts and start eating. Well, one thing about the peanuts is that the peanuts are very salty. So as you eat the peanuts, guess what? You get thirsty. You get thirsty. So once you get thirsty, the bartender knows it. And so he knows you're going to eventually ask for a drink. But as you eat for, ask for a drink, you also keep eating peanuts. So he makes sure that he keeps the bowls full, full of peanuts. <laughs> so that way, you'll stay thirsty and you'll drink as long as you're there. And so he knows that salt has an effect on you. And so he knows that if he continues to feed you the peanuts, you'll get what you want and he'll get what he wants. Right. What God wants out of us is that same exact thing. See, first of all, we've got to be thirsty. Right. Salt so got to make us thirsty, first of all, you know, and, and if we're not thirsty, how are we going to want to uh, give somebody else something to drink if they're not thirsty for what we have to offer? So he's looking at us first to be thirsty and to be, he's, he's already said it. You are the salt, you are the ones to make other people thirsty. He said, I've already set it up for you. So I want you to go out. And make people thirsty. Well, how do you make them thirsty? You do like I told you to do. You go out, hedges and highways, compel men and women to come in. You That's teach it. the gospel. The gospel is what's going to make them thirsty. You say, don't worry about what it does. I've already fixed the gospel to do what it's supposed to do. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is power. the power of God. All right? If that's the power of God, then what else do you need? in order to draw men and women. The gospel is going to do it. Christ said, you do your part by being the salt of the earth, and I'll do my part. And if you do your part and I do mine, we'll, we will be able to accomplish what I always wanted to accomplish anyway. And that's for men and women to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So we, we've got to be salty ourselves. If we're not salty, then the people are not going to be thirsty. And so you just covered actually the next part of the scripture. I did? Okay. Yeah. Because it says, but if the salt <laughs> exactly loses and lost his savor. <laughs> so we can't say that we don't have in us what we need. Exactly. Exactly. Because we have in us what we need. Right. Now, the other one is to that. If we do say we don't have what we need. We just call Christ a lie. Right. Because he said, with the salt of the earth, salt is, has its flavor. It's true. But if the salt have lost his savor, mm -hmm. where well, we shall it be salt. Right. If we don't project our saltiness right. in a controlled distribution, right. again, don't pour it. Sprinkle it. Right. 
And and the only way we can lose our saltiness is that we don't do what he's called us to do. As long as you're doing what you called to do, salty is going to be right. Your your salt is going to perform what it was supposed to do. And that's to give flavor. And that's also to preserve. Well, why are we not being preserved? Why is the earth rotting away now with sin? You know, uh, it's like uh, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people that are called by my name, see, it's, it's, it falls back on us again. It's amazing how in the Old Testament he's saying the same thing that he's saying right here. <laughs> in the Old Testament, you you look at it. If my people are called by name, they humble themselves and pray. And seek my faith, and and see, and and when he talks about all of that, he's got us in positions to just do it. You know, Nike come out with this uh, phrase years ago: "Just do it." Say, "Just do it." Just do it. Yeah, don't don't ask any questions. And people don't understand the word Nike means victory. Right. So he's telling you, "Just do it." He said, "Y'all really got the victory." Just do it. But we look at everything else and don't understand. <laughs> we don't understand. It's the, the victory already won. The victory is already won. The war is already won. We just got some battles to fight. We just got some battles to fight. And and get this. We might lose a few battles sometimes. No, it's not a might. But at the end, at the end, when you look at it in the book of Revelation, the war has already been won. So even in when you lose your battle, you still should have a smile on your face because you know you won the war. See, if you don't look at this thing as you ultimately are the winner, then you're going to let the battles and the defeats that you have along the way to the winning of the war, you're going to let that defeat you and take you down. That's going to cause you not to be the salt of the earth and not to be a preservative in an earth that needs to be preserved because it's rotten right now. And you and you named a lot of the things or a lot of the sin that's going on in the earth right now, what makes it rotten. And so we're not going to be the salt of the earth uh, that's that preservative. And we're not going to be uh, effective in the earth to where the salt makes people thirsty. See, if people see that you're thirsty and you're doing what you're supposed to do in order to quench that thirst, then they are not going to want any of your salt. They're not going to want your salty influence on them. And they don't realize that once they get your salty influence, what's going to eventually happen is that they're going to want some water to quench the thirst. And who is the living water to quench the thirst? Jesus. He's the living water. So we got what they need. They just don't know that we got it. So why don't we distribute what we got? Because they need it. We know they need it. Are we keeping the salt? Are we positioning ourselves to be trotting under men's foot? Well, that's a personal question amongst every Christian. You know, the question is always why? We're not doing what we were called to do. And then the thing is, and if we are doing 
what we were called to do? Why come we're not trying to influence a lot of our brothers and sisters who may not be doing what God calls us to do? You know, I, and I know we want to keep peace as much as it pertains to us, but um, sometimes you kind of like have to remind people of uh, what their commitment is. And sometimes you have to remind people that a lot of times, well, no time can you be rebellious of basically who owns you. Because if he owns us, which he does, he does, that he tells us what to do. And I don't see too many servants going around telling their masters what they're not going to do, especially when the master has done the best thing that he could ever do, do for you. And that was to save your life and give you eternal life in return. Ain't that something? He saves our lives. And then he turns around and gives us eternal life. And then we have the nerve to say, well, let me show you how I want to thank you <laughs> for eternal life. Let me show you how I want to thank you uh, for going away to prepare that mansion for me. Uh, I, I, we, we should not do the things that we do to keep us from having that influence. But why do we do it? People can give various reasons. They can give all the excuses that they want to. But none of those excuses are valid, man. You know, uh, our key uh, thing to do in this earth is to be obedient. You know what I'm going to do? <clears throat> Got a few people watching. Okay. So I'm going to ask the question and they can type the answers if they will if you honest enough if you feel like it or if you have a thought on this why is it that we do not disobey right. why is it that we are not sprinkling the salt like we should right why have we put the salt away and you know we get ready to take that turn and go from salt to light here in just a second. Right. What well, do 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 we really do we really believe that he really has our best interests at heart? Well, we do say do we, we really do. believe that? We say we do. Well, why shouldn't it be easy for us to just just do what you say? You know, if if you know you're supposed to go out here and just let's let's make it simple. If you know you your your neighbor is unsafe. How many times do we go to the neighbor and tell him about Jesus Christ? Or are we scared we're going to offend him or her in a way by telling them good news? Because that's what you're telling them. You're not telling them bad news. You're not saying something that is offensive. But you're telling them about something good, which is good news. And who doesn't want to hear good news? <laughs> 